This is Wits, the podcast. I'm John Moe. Here's the deal. A bunch of us do this show called Wits at the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul. We've been doing it for a while. We bring in comedians, actors, writers, musicians. It's a variety show, but sort of a variety show for the world of tomorrow. A comedy music variety show with conversation and surprises. People really seem to like it, and it's getting bigger. We're doing more of these shows. And it's on the radio, on public radio stations, more and more of them around the country. On the podcast version of Wits, we'll hear from some of our Wits guests, past and future, and listen back to some favorite moments from the shows. We'll hang out, we'll have a little fun, we'll enjoy life a little more. Okay, producer Larissa Anderson is here. Larissa, what is on the rundown for today? All right, let's see. First you say hello to everyone. Okay, did that. And then you bring me in to talk about the rundown. That is presently occurring, yes. Happening now. uh, Let's see. You have an update on the presidential race. Kind of a newsy thing. Right, right. Good. That's ready to go. And then we'll talk to our good friend, Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins. You know, it's actually illegal to do a comedy podcast without Paul F. Tompkins. It's a it's a federal law. We could go to podcast jail. That's no way to start a podcast, no. is it? No. In prison? <laughs> and it's a podcast prison, too, so you never know how long the term is going to be. You, you're sitting there wishing that somebody would edit down that prison term because it's sort of indefinite. And then someone talking to you from far away. <laughs> right, <somewhere. laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really strange prison. Anyway, um, yeah, so that, uh, Paul Tompkins. And then we're going to listen to Paul in action at WITS as President James K. Polk. President Polk. I remember that sketch. And uh, Paul plays a very, uh, I guess we should say, surly or abrasive James K. Polk. It's a, a fascinating characterization. Yeah, surly. that's good. Surly. Mm. Surly. And the thing is, this never aired on the radio because it was so awesome, it would right. melt radios. It would turn them into dolly clocks. It, it was too funny to uh, to air on traditional radios. The tubes would melt and get floppy like dolly clocks. But you know what? We're spelling dolly D-A-L-I, by the way, folks. Not, not D-O-L-L-Y. Right, right. Not the clone sheep. <laughs> or or clocks inside small dollhouses. <laughs> I've already thought about that kind of dolly. <laughs> I was thinking of like a flatbed. Yeah, maybe that one, too. All things long yeah. yeah, so, but podcasting. Podcasting can handle it. Podcasting can handle it. The internets can handle it. Okay, well, that sounds like a good podcast. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, good luck. Thanks. The first presidential debate took place in Denver this week. The two candidates discussed how to improve the economy. Mitt Romney said this could be done in large part by closing tax loopholes and reducing spending, including... I'm sorry, Jim. I'm going to stop the subsidy to PBS. I'm going to stop other things. I like PBS. I love Big Bird. I actually like you, too. But I'm not going to keep on spending money on things to borrow money from China to pay for us. That's number one. Here to talk about that plan and joining us by phone from Sesame Street is Big Bird. Hello, I'm here. Uh, I'm sorry, is this, uh, I'm sorry, I was trying to reach Big Bird? Yeah, 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 this is Big Bird. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, it it just doesn't sound like the Big Bird I'm used to hearing. I have a performing voice and a real voice, okay? Sorry to rock your precious world there. Uh, No, it's okay. Uh, You sound sound upset. Are you upset about something? Upset? Of course I'm upset. You got got Mitt Romney up there talking about firing me. I'm a seven-foot-tall, friendly bird trying to help children, human children, not even my own species. And Romney says he likes me but wants to fire me. I mean, where else am I going to get work? Breaking Bad? Actually, I'd really love to see that. 
And, and Romney wins the debate, too. President Mello doesn't even step up to defend me. It wasn't just you, Big Bird. Romney mentioned Jim Lehrer, too. <laughs> After that debate, I'd fire Lehrer myself. Grow a freaking spine, dude. Well, I, wow, I'm, I'm really not used to Big Bird talking this way. Did you think Sesame Street was real? That Oscar lives in a garbage can? (laughs) You know, Cookie Monster is not actually crazy about cookies. He's a real furry blue monster named Christopher Thomas Mills, and he studied at Juilliard. And he's a vegan. But your actual name is Big Bird. Yeah, I had it legally changed. It was uh, better for tax purposes. I really can't get into it, John. That's fine. That's fine. Now, Mr. Bird, in many ways, you were the star of this debate. At one point on Twitter, there were 17,000 tweets per minute mentioning you, and several accounts posing as you popped up. Yeah. Now, are you even on Twitter? I I don't tweet. Why? Bird. Redundant. Ah. Yeah. You know what really bothers me, though? What really ticks me off? That that no one could see Mr. Snuffleupagus for all those years? <sighs> Come on, I'm serious uh, here. Sorry, no, you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. What bothers you? I'm not important in this election. The Corporation for Public Broadcasting receives .012% of the federal budget. A little over a tenth of that goes to PBS. Stop that funding, reduce it, double it. It won't make any difference to the economy at large. But for most people, this will be the Big Bird debate because I'm big and yellow, and I play a character who's kind of... Stupid? Childlike. Childlike. Jerk. Look, there's a lot going on in America, folks. Deficits, unemployment, health care challenges. Deal with it, everyone. You shouldn't be interviewing me, John. The Internet should stop talking about me. Stop focusing on Big Bird and grow up. But we love you, Big Bird. Oh, okay. (laughs) Thank you. I love you, too. I love everyone. And not just because I'm paid to on the show. (laughs) Look, I need to go update my resume. Get some new headshots done just in case. Good luck. Thank you, Mr. Bird. Yeah, you're welcome. Special thanks to Bill Corbett for, um, well, let's just say helping to arrange that interview. Paul F. Tompkins is a friend of the show. He joined us on stage this past May. You might know Paul as an amazing stand-up performer. He's also a talented actor. Hello, Paul. John, hello to you. I'm in a pickle. I'm in a quandary. I'm in a conundrum. Can you help me? Well, I know what a pickle is, and then these other words I feel are college boy terms. <laughs> ah, sure, sure, I understand. Well, uh, the problem is this. I'm, I'm starting this uh, this podcast for wits, and, uh, you know, I'm used to strict clocks in public radio, and I'm used to, like, you know, particular FCC rules and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I'm in the podcast jungle. I'm lost in the podcast wilderness here. I'm wondering if you can give me good advice on what a new podcaster ought to be doing and not doing. You're saying you would like me to help you steer clear of eating poison podcast berries. Yes. Yes. Avoiding uh, avoiding the wild podcast animals, at least the predatory ones. If there are podcast animals I can use for meat for myself, by all means, divulge. <laughs> well, that's, that's some next level stuff. Okay. So I don't know if I can yeah, get yeah, you yeah. that. I'll give you the basics. Okay, good. Uh, bef- before we get into pod meat. Sure. Um, mm. You Here's number one. Get some decent sound equipment. Okay. Now, a lot of people are thinking podcasts, they're so easy, you can just do them yourself 
all I need is to put in my earbuds with the attached microphone on the wire, and I'm all set. But it's not that way. You have to you have to understand that the, uh, most times, uh, people are listening to these things. They're they're going right into their ears, like they're they're putting on headphones of some sort, and you're going to be right there in their ears. All this time in public radio, I, I've imagined myself in someone's car or kitchen. So now with podcasting, I'm crawling further up their bodies onto their heads <laughs> and into their ears. That's right. Whereas before you were a sort of pilot fish, yeah. now you are a parasite. Okay, good. Parasite now. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, think of yourself as living off of the listener's essential right. life forces. Right. Sucking life juices from a host. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, just keep that in mind and you're going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> and any other tips? I, you know, I, I do feel bad because unlike most podcasts, there's only one of me. You do this thing too, where there's only w one of you hosting the Pod F Tomcast. But I hear these other podcasts, seven, eight, a hundred hosts all talking at the same time. <laughs> that is, let me tell you something. I think you're going about it the right way because those hundred host podcasts, <laughs> they get so confusing. Now, there is like, variety on them. Believe me, I, I appreciate the variety because. Like, there's 70 of those hosts I'm really going to enjoy. Yes. But that back 30, there's, oh. a lot of, there's a lot of dead weight going on. Yeah. Put a sock in um, at number 86. So as the, as the solitary host, what you have to remember is it's a much more intimate uh, relationship that you have with the listener. Mm. Um, because they know that uh, you are alone. You don't know that they're alone. They might be surrounded <laughs> by a bunch of people. Because a lot of people... It's much like the old fireside chats sure. where uh, families will gather together to listen to podcasts. <laughs> um, but they know that you are by yourself in a grimy studio with a smeared glass window. Right. <laughs> you have a, a some sort of a mad magazine on the desk yeah. that somebody left that was in there before you. Right. You have a coffee cup with cigarette butts in it. So what you have to do is present to them a brave front. Ah. Um, you have to somehow put in your voice, I know that you know I live in squalor, but my <laughs> voice will never betray that. It's sort of like Ted, Ted Williams, the golden-voiced homeless man. Oh, okay, okay. Not <laughs> Ted Williams, the decapitated head frozen in Arizona baseball slugger. <laughs> no, I also might be getting the golden-voiced homeless man's name wrong, but I, I could swear that it was Ted Williams. Oh, another thing that's great about podcasting, uh, you don't have to fact check whether or not that was the Golden Boys homeless man's name. <laughs> Nobody cares. It's, ju it's just a podcast, folks. Oh, it's like Deadwood, John. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's, it's lawlessness. I, that's exactly right. Um, all right, so we have some standard questions that, that we're asking of, uh, of the Wits Emeritus, the, the alums of, of Wits that, uh, that we've had on the show here that we're bring back for the podcast. Uh, what or whom is making you laugh the most lately? Oh, boy. You caught me flat-footed on that one. Now, you know I, I, um, I'm a gloomy sort. Yes. And uh, I, I disdain laughter. Right. <laughs> uh, what is making me laugh the most? Uh, James Adomian is making me laugh, laugh the most right now. He's a very talented... Um, Formerly Los Angeles, now New York-based comedian and impressionist. He's got a, he's got a new stand-up album called Low Hanging Fruit, um, but he also does uh, a lot of uh, character voices. He does um, uh, impressions of of weird people, and he's just uh, he's just hilarious. People who uh, are familiar with comedy Bang Bang would know him as uh, Huel Hauser and uh, Jesse Ventura. Um, 
uh, among his many, uh, the many voices that he does. And he's just a really uh, hilarious guy. He really, really cracks me up. All right, well, let's hear a little bit of him now. Here is James Adomian in action. You know the difference between comedy and truth? Because let me tell you something, Gorilla Monsoon. Truth is not in comedy. The difference is comedy pulls up to truth and points out something and honks its horn. But truth pulls up to truth honks the horn and then drives straight into itself. That's comedian James Adomian as former Minnesota governor Jesse Ventura. Now, Paul, you've been talking on Twitter, at least you were talking on Twitter, about songs that keep you on the treadmill, that keep you working out. Right now, uh, I, I stopped uh, updating on the on the treadmill songs because, you know, you would hear the same songs over and over again. Right. <laughs> and I thought, but of course, I, I the, my only concern was my vanity that people would think, oh, he gave up working out. <laughs> now, <laughs> he stopped. He, I knew he couldn't do it. He couldn't hold um, up. Wang Chung wasn't I, enough to keep him on that <laughs> treadmill. <laughs> what I've found lately is listening to... Uh, Traditional Irish music is great for the treadmill. It's really, it's really up tempo and fast paced. There's no lyrics to get in the way, so you can listen to the instrumentals over and over and over again. You just throw a few reels on there, and before you know it, you're running at like seven and a half miles an hour. I, do you really do this? Yeah, I do. I do. It's <laughs> let me tell you something. It is. It's tough on the calves. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But it's uh. It's it's throw a few of those in the mix, and it really helps. Now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna every time I go to the gym, I'm just gonna imagine every other person there listening to jigs, and uh, <laughs> it's gonna make it so much more festive. <laughs> and then finally, I need to ask you about. Uh, I saw this. Uh, I, I saw this Nick Lowe video that you're in. Uh, on on the internet. Uh, now, and, John, that was that was supposed to be private. Well, I'm sorry, it leaked. And uh, I in this video, you know, you're wandering around a city. You look like you've been roughed up, and you're you're really sad. And I and I spend the whole video waiting for the punchline to come. And spoiler <laughs> alert, it never does. It stays sad. You've dusted off your shame face in the mirror. Behind the bathroom door That little boy lost look That used to work so well Doesn't anymore One of my favorite lines, experience should tell you never get your story too straight. Um, this is because, the you know, the idea behind the video was this is a guy who has... Um, He's just screwed up one time too many and and nobody's going to bail him out now. And, and, you know, he's he's pushed somebody too far and now he's completely on his own and he's kind of realizing what he's done and that he's just screwed, you know. And um, I, I just I, I loved it so much. And I it was a, a great thing to act out. Let's listen to some more of that now. This is Nick Lowe's Stoplight Roses. Paul F. Tompkins, thank you for visiting. John, thank you. Experience should tell you Never get your story too straight You'd better steal yourself And prepare for Some blues to descend Cause you've broken something this time 
Stoplight roses can't mend. As I said, Paul was on the show in May, May 11th, and that happened to be an important date. Travel with me now to the Fitzgerald Theater, won't you? I'm John Moe, and you are listening to Wits. It is a program. (laughs) Today is a big day for history buffs, the anniversary of Luxembourg's independence, which explains all the drunken reverie in teensy-weensy, very wealthy bars. Also, the anniversary of Minnesota being granted statehood. Finally, independence from France. And on this day in 1846, President James K. Polk... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, John, careful. uh, John Munson, everyone. Uh, What do you mean, careful, John? Well, you know what happens when you say that president's name in Minnesota. Who, James K. Polk? Stop! That was two. If you say it three times... He appears. John, that is crazy. Please, just don't. I'm scared. The band's scared. (laughs) And I'm told he's not very nice. Okay, folks, I confess I'm not a native Minnesotan, so I didn't know about this. But I am a rational person, and I will prove to you that nothing happens. James K. Polk. There, you see? It was nothing to worry about. Radio audiences, you you can't see this, but there's a blinding light here, and fog, and lasers, and a a chariot. Ahoy there, losers. Are are you James K. Polk? President James K. Polk. I'm sorry, President James... Leader of victorious war against Mexico, establisher of an independent treasury, issued the first postage stamps, what up, philatelists, opened the Smithsonian... Broke ground on the Washington Monument, time-traveling history repairman. Wait, what? And all in one term. Didn't even run for re-election. Died of cholera three months after leaving office. Pow! Go big and wrap it up. The Polk plan. But... But time-traveling history repairman? When I was proven to be so powerful, the gods, the true gods, the Norse ones, granted me time-traveling abilities to encourage everyone to go big and wrap it up. Wow, this is a lot to take in. I brought a clip! Oh, good. Oh, this Great Depression. How misnamed you are. There's nothing great about you, except you're huge and depressing. So depressing. Pardon me, President Hoover. I think I can help. President James K. Polk? But you're dead! Now you listen to me, Hoover. You need to get this country off the mat. I was thinking of building the Hoover Dam. Don't be stupid, dummy. Here's what you do. Everyone in the country grabs their guns and invades Mexico. Why? Why, I have no quarrel with Mexico. That will make the invasion go easier. You take over Mexico. Everyone gets some sun, some Aztec gold depression over. I'll do it. Thanks, James K. Polk. And that is why Mexico is one of the American states today? I thought, I thought that invasion was Hoover's idea. <laughs> it was me, dummy, the Pokemon. <laughs> Riding aboard Odin's mighty time travel chariot. My goodness. That's not all. Roll clip two. President Roosevelt, this war shows no sign of ending. We are out of ideas. I agree, Mr. Churchill. We must find a way to stop Hitler. But how? We've tried everything. Not everything, idiots. (laughs) 
Sir, how dare you? No, 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 it's okay, Winnie. I've heard about this. It's President Polk. Thank goodness you're here. What can we do? The answer should be obvious. Maybe not to you. Mexico. Attack it like crazy. <laughs> this is preposterous. Mexico is not the problem. It's Nazi Germany. It's Japan and occasionally maybe Italy. And Mexico's an American state uh, ever since the Hoover invasion. Oh, I get it. You think the way to win wars is to do the expected. No wonder you're losing. Every man, gun, tank, and plane into Mexico. Do it! J.P. Polk! President Polk, you mean to tell me that the famous Mexican maneuver was your idea? That wrapped up World War II in 1941. That's right, J.K.P. All of Europe was taken over by the Soviets, but Hitler was baffled to death. I guess you were important to both history and politics. And culture, dummy. Culture? Clip three! Whoa, J.J. Abrams, we are in a mess with our show Lost. <laughs> we, we, we got a crazy island, a smoke monster, characters who don't know what's going on. I, and <sighs> we don't know either, Damon Lindelof, other creator of Lost. Yeah. I bet the audience thinks we have some big master plan, but we don't. No. If we don't think of something, it'll end years from now with an unsatisfying apotheosis. Oh, if only James K. Polk were here. Uh, James K. Polk? James K. Polk. Stuck, are you? Huh. Here, stupids. I've written a script that ought to solve everything. Polk, out! Thanks! Lost. Yeah, I remember that show. At the end of the first season, they all put up their own Washington monuments, established a treasury, issued stamps, and then promptly died of cholera. It was a very satisfying ending. It's what I do. James K. Polk, everyone. This has been a presentation of the Wits Historical Foundation. That was John Munson, Paul F. Tompkins, Bill Corbett, Kevin Murphy, Joseph Scrimshaw, and Neil Gaiman on stage with me at the Fitzgerald Theater. Thanks to Paul F. Tompkins for being with us this week. Make sure to check out Paul's podcast, the Pod F. Tomcast. It's on iTunes. And if you're in the Los Angeles area, Paul will be appearing at Largo at the Coronet on Saturday, October 20th. Our fall stage season of Wits is starting soon in St. Paul, and what a season it is. November 2nd, Dave Foley with musical guest Mike Doty. November 16th, Julia Sweeney, one of my favorite humans, and Martha Wainwright of the musical Wainwright Family. November 30th, this will be a heck of a show. Comedian Maria Bamford joins us, and so does Brandy Carlisle, a singer to whom I have become addicted. December 14th, Henry Rollins is here doing comedy and musical guest Lissy. Go to MPR, that's M as in Minnesota, dot org slash wits for tickets and more information, including lots of fun stuff from previous shows. Follow us on Twitter at wits for all the latest. I'll talk to you next week. Bye now. You should have been gone.